Hello and welcome to This Dummy, the podcast about dumb things, fun things, and another thing. I'm your host, David Clark, and this week, Jacob and I welcome senior editor at New York Magazine and Vulture.com, Kyle Buchanan, as our special guest. Together, we discuss a PR makeover for Nate Parker, try to zhuzh up the movies of the summer, and decide if Blonde is a good look for Frank Ocean. Hair toss, check my nails. How you feeling? Good as hell. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Very well. We have a special guest today. We yeah, we got a special treat today. Very excited about <laughs> yes. this. Who who? Oh, who is it? He can't even <laughs> restrain himself until we give him like the the grandstanding introduction that we've prepared. How would you introduce Kyle? Uh, he's our certified expert in all things pop culture. I, I know think. he wanted to come on and be uh, the dummy this week, but Kyle is <laughs> expert status, he's expert level. No, so he can't. yeah, I think I think that I wanted Ryan to be Lochte this dummy. Has, uh, no, I think that Ryan Lochte has solidified uh, his place in, in in this week's fair enough. Yeah, casting of who is the biggest dummy this week. <laughs> Kyle so. is like our certified fancy pants, like kinky boots, Hollywood mm-hmm. insider. That's right. Expert. Senior editor at Vulture.com and yes. New York Magazine. And, is that is that how th- that works? Well, yeah. New York Magazine and New York Magazine owns Vulture. Okay. So a, a quadruple threat <laughs> of That's entertainment, right. pop culture, music <laughs> uh-huh. knowledge is uh-huh. here for us today. <laughs> and we're going to talk about everything. We can tap dance, too. Oh, you can tap dance, too? Uh, well, I mean, answer. they it's can't tell on the his. podcast if it's good or not. Yeah. Right. It's probably oh <laughs> a little taste, everybody. Um, so we've got All some right. big things to get into this week. I'm not even sure what order we should start. I think that we should just go ahead and address the big elephant in the room, which is Nate Parker's controversy. Oh, I brought all my uh, like wood and my hammer and nails. I thought we were going to build a staircase to start off with. <laughs> uh, Frank Ocean. That's, oh. not, that's not it. I went to Home Depot for nothing. No, you you did it for everything. We're just gonna we're gonna I think end on a positive note, but I think we yes. need to clear the air with this. Stairway to heaven. Assuming we all feel positively about Frank Ocean. Yes. Oh, Kyle. That's true. I got in a fight That's with true. people about it last night. Really? Yeah. Uh-oh. There are people who don't feel positively Uh-oh. about it. Don't feel positively. Did they hear the new one? I have opinions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start with our Nate Parker opinions because okay, this let's is a big deal. I think. Nate Parker. Yeah. So he's got a big movie coming out. Kyle, you could probably speak more about this. It, it was a big, like, record-breaking <clears throat> success at Sundance. Yeah, it's uh, called The Birth of a Nation. It's about uh, the slave uprising masterminded by Nat Turner. And it played at Sundance and was the biggest acquisition Sundance has ever seen. Right. Uh, Fox bought it for $17.5 million. And wow. you've got to think, when you're spending that kind of money, that... You can make this into a giant box office blockbuster, but to make something that's sort of as specific as this into a blockbuster, everything has to go right. Yeah. And not so much. It looks like this there's is a little ex- bit of a wrench. Yeah. Like, nobody at Fox went to his Wikipedia page. Yeah, so there was this case uh, when he was in college. I think he was 19. Yeah, Penn Him, State. Yeah, uh, Nate and the co-writer of his film, well, who would the the friend who would go on to be the co-writer of Birth of a Nation, uh, were accused of raping uh, another student. Uh, Nate was acquitted. Um, his co- his writing partner was initially convicted and then acquitted uh, when the victim After didn't want to testify. Appealed, yeah, After he, he didn't serve any time. Um, no, he didn't. Um, but so. That was sort of all on the public record. And when Nate Parker first started acting in Hollywood movies, uh, when he was casting The Great Debaters, that Denzel Washington movie, uh, he did this interview about it. He did, you know, he talked about it pretty extensively. Uh, it's just that now with Sundance, with everything else going on, I think there's a lot more focus on who he is. And so, of course, these accusations got brought back up. And what people found out very quickly is that uh, the woman who accused them both of rape 
had killed herself. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a very sad, wrenching story all around. Uh, yeah. Extremely difficult to deal with and even cover. And there's been a lot of sentiment, I think, that he hasn't quite been saying the right things uh, in the mm-hmm. way that he talks about it and deals with it. What do you guys think? Well, first of all, do we need this movie? We've had, in the last couple of years, we've had a lot of these, like, Black People Homework movies. <laughs> this feels like it's going to be, like, a high-quality one, but after it feels redundant after 12 Years a Slave. I know it's a different story. Um, I saw Beyond the Lights, and I enjoyed it. Fine. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely his come-up moment. I don't think that someone at his level in his position can survive something like this. Because mm-hmm. the only reason he didn't get convicted of that rape charge is because he'd had a prior history with that woman of having consensual sex. It, the it, reason yeah. his, his in your roommate, opinion, I mean, it definitely was a, a factor is that they'd had, you know, consensual sex the day before. I mean, that's the only difference between the two. His his roommate, his co-writer at the time, did initially get convicted yeah. because he didn't have the same history. <clears throat> yeah. So you're. You it's think that- to say that the thinking about this, these sorts of things has changed quite a bit. You know, in the mm-hmm. what seventeen years since this happened, especially rape on college campuses, it's it's a enormous uh, flashpoint right now. Well, sure, it has been, but now is more in the news. It's it's something that uh, that we're discussing more and more, and I think a lot of people who didn't quite understand the subtleties and the intricacies of, of these things uh, are coming to coming to know. Sure, and combine that with the fact that Penn State has a well, history that too, yeah, of that happened there, covering up right, sexual yeah. misconduct. I don't know. And are are we, do we know that um, the victim's subsequent suicide is related or not related? I, I, that's something yeah, I According to her brother, no. it was the inciting incident for right. everything else that mm-hmm. happened in her life, all the hardship. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, you know, beyond the really apparent uh, human tragedy here, there's the very difficult question of what do you do with a movie like this, especially one that had enormous expectations put on it um, right. from box office point of view, from an award season point of view. Let me just say this. I saw it at Sundance. I was at that premiere uh, where it played through the roof in part, I think because a lot of the people who worked on that movie were in that, you know, in the theater. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was an extremely emotional uh, moment for them. And Nate had shepherded this to the screen sort of tirelessly over several years. Um, the movie itself, I felt, was just okay. Interesting. Um, and I, I talked to a lot of mm. other people who felt the same way, but they didn't necessarily want to step on his moment. The best thing about the movie was his performance, and that's going to be an awfully tricky sell now because, you know, I, I think a lot of people expect that he won't be as front and center promoting this movie anymore because... How right. you know, he be? Well, he opens himself up to questions. I mean, the the... The thing that people don't necessarily know about award season is it's a real gauntlet and it's months long. You're going to Q&As, parties, events, uh, every night a lot of the time. Sometimes multiple ones. Yeah, it really is. So for him to be that front and center as the writer, director, actor, producer, you know, it, it necessitates his presence and opens him up to any sort of incident or fumbled question or explosive... Right. Uh, uh, misspeak. So I really don't know what they do. I, I I've been interviewing people about this issue for an article I'm writing, and every every publicist I talk to at a different studio is just gobsmacked. And one said, "I feel physically nauseous when I think about what it must be like to try to put this movie out now over there." So wow. interesting. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, then I mean, I guess again, sort of, can we separate the art from the artist? Is that going to be possible? Sounds like probably not in this situation. Well, I think we're reaching a point where that becomes more of a question. I think that back in the past, you could separate these things. In part, it was more easy to do that because, you know, the internet never made these things ever present. You know, you might have heard something a long time ago that so-and-so did such-and-such, but, you know, it wasn't at your fingertips that you could look up this old incident. And... Uh, you know, I, I think that when you have Twitter and every other sort of social media platform that people are using in instances like this, it becomes a real hold their feet to the fire thing. You know, people are much more accountable for 
things they've done than they ever used to be. That goes for every public figure. Uh, so it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the movie's not even out yet. It's still, you know, not out for weeks and weeks. So I, I don't know how they're going to approach it. And I, I'm curious how they, how it'll be received now. A lot of the interviews that they were giving, that they were making Nate give, were intended to get ahead of this issue so that it could mm-hmm. be dealt with in time to subside and let the movie be the movie. But I don't know that it will subside. I mean, I was just reading mm-hmm. Roxanne Gay's editorial about it in the New York Times, yeah. where she's like, sorry, I can't forgive this. I'm not seeing your movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're reaching that level, I don't, I don't know if that subsides. You know? Yeah. What's your personal take? Is that TBD? Um, Is that when it hits newsstands? It's just so hard to to shake a a rape allegation. And it's complicated, obviously, by the fact that this girl isn't here. She can't speak for herself. But people like Roxanne Gay now coming out, speaking on behalf of this victim who doesn't have a voice of her own at this point. And my personal opinion when stuff like this happens is... Sure, legally, he was cleared of it. His partner Mm -hmm. was eventually acquitted. But something happened enough that this girl wanted to put herself through the legal system, which is no walk in the park. And Mm -hmm. put herself through a whole lot afterwards, you know? I mean, she really just... Her life fell apart after this. Uh, And she, you know, there were accusations she made that uh, him and and Gianni, his co-writer, were basically stalking her and harassing her. Stalking her, her yeah, and yeah. Kind of, yeah, I heard um, that too. Yeah, it's just it's just a, a horrible story. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it it makes me feel really sick every time I read about it. Um, yeah, and his tar of contrition hasn't exactly been well executed. No. I think a lot of people are upset he hasn't taken any accountability for it. It's just like, I've been mm-hmm. through this painful thing in my life, and yeah. I'm a different person now, and I have daughters and sisters, and my mom lives with me. Yeah, here's one of my right. daughters right here. Yeah. Right. He also started praising the uh, LGBT community sort of out of nowhere oh, in his deadline sure. thing. How do, we, how do we get involved in it? Well, you know, I, yeah. think, uh, I think one of his crisis managers was like, and another thing. Yeah, let's get out there's ahead this, of this thing. Um, uh, there was uh, some interview he gave during Beyond the Lights that was also being dredged up, where he said, in an effort to preserve the notion of the black male, you would never see him in a gay part. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so cue there's the, some problems cue the with photo him. ops with, like... Laverne Cox and Frank Ocean in the part. Hurry up. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm curious to see how uh, everybody else is going to react to this. You know, Gabrielle Union, who's in the film, is a bit, is a rape survivor herself and speaks mm-hmm. very, uh, uh, you know, passionately about that. Uh, I don't know what she will make of this situation and what she'll say. She also speaks very passionately about cashing checks <laughs> and staying employed. <laughs> so you think that she mums the word on her part, you think? I, I just think that she's going to have a, a much more uh, politic approach when it comes <coughs> to promoting this yeah. movie. She's more not going to not go to events. There's no easy thing for the people who are inextricably tied to the movie to say. There really isn't. No easy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't know. It's sort of an unprecedented situation in its own way. It's unprecedented in the sense that like, we have this African-American on the verge of exploding in his career. But where you consider people like Woody Allen, where you consider your Roman Polanskis, where you can consider other artists, where we routinely sort of separate the artist from the art. Yeah. It doesn't seem so unprecedented. I mean, you know... Uh... I think that with Woody Allen, it's been a process too. You know, there were there was a long period of time where people really weren't clocking the old accusations against him, and then you know, I think because of the moment that we're in, you know, like I said, with Twitter and everything else, this this holding your feet to the fire situation, those old accusations have a lot more power now, you know, they can be relitigated in a way that. But yet, and still, I mean, Woody Allen still isn't really being held as accountable for No, less so, obviously. He still works constantly, and people still work with him, but now they have to sort of answer for it, and it's become trickier than it used to be. Right. But he never has to answer for it. No, he doesn't really. He's also... Yeah, but but a new Woody Allen, you know, coming up in this era, it might be a little different. Sure. We'll see. I mean, Hmm. there are a couple other people with... um, you know, accusations and rap sheets this award season. So it's going to be kind of, 
kind of a grim slog of that a lot. Wow, it's just going to be like the smoking gun. Of, yeah, it really uh, will. You know, and I think like, a lot of people will be like, well, if you're saying this about Nate Parker, then why aren't you saying that about Casey Affleck, you know, who's been accused of sexual harassment and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see what goes on. Doesn't seem like fun to me. <laughs> no, it's not. But, you know. Fun. When can we expect that article of yours to come out? I'm turning in next week, and then I think oh. uh, not long after. The film industry has been pretty challenged in terms of diversity. Do you think people will continue, in light of this, to shy away from giving big shots to minority film producers? Uh, I hope not. Um, I'll, I'll say this, you know, uh, obviously uh, Oscar So White was a major uh, uh, deal that came out of the nominations last year. And, and the year before. And the year before. The, the fact that it was two years in a row was especially glaring. Um, I do think the industry has done some uh, work and effort to to fix that. Um, you know, the Academy itself has, has brought in their ranks. And uh, we do have uh, several other movies coming out this year, like Fences, like Hidden Figures, Moonlight, uh, that offer, um, you know, plenty of, of, of options for Oscar voters, at least. Um, so I think that, I mean, I, I talked to a publicist who straight up said this is much better for the other movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll see. Do I we mean, know when Hidden Figures is coming out? Because I thought it was coming out in January. It is, but it's like, it's almost certainly going to get a qualifying run uh, in December. Oh, okay. So yeah, I would be shocked. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I I don't. I don't think that you can. The Nate Parker thing is just so of its own that you can't really apply it to anybody else. I don't think it it takes anybody down with it except the people who are specifically involved with this. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, what do you do? You know, Mel Gibson has a movie coming out this uh, fall that he wants to be in the awards race. So, right. you know, some people get to continue working and I, I don't know where Nate's That's career true. goes from Mel there. Gibson, though, was barely one of those people who got to continue working. I mean, I don't think he ever really recovered. Well, not in the same way and he's, certainly not yeah. as an actor, but, you know, he, he still directs. He still starts kind of climbing the ladder to kind of yeah, get he back still directs. in a position to like self-finance and self-produce yeah. his own. Andrew Garfield is starring in his movie yeah. and he's going to have to answer all these questions too. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, just a fun award season that we're staring down the barrel of. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. What else guys? Yeah. Next. Well, well, let's move on let's to look back. Form. I guess we should sort of like look back and sort of talk about uh, what we thought of summer uh, movies. It was so uh, bad. Everything was so it was terrible. So this bad. Year. It was really Kyle, bad. Why? 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 Can you explain to us why this summer movie season was so bad? You know, I think we were a little bit spoiled last year because we had Mad Max kick off the summer, and it was like this incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, all-time classic action movie with a visionary director making it, and we didn't have visionary directors this summer. Sorry, my dog Snyder. is growling. He didn't like the summer either. No, um, he just saw Suicide Squad. Yeah. you know, you had movies. <laughs> you saw Jared Leto. You had movies that were basically made by committee, made by studio executives rather than actual artists, and it showed. Mm-hmm. You know, just these really cynical calculations and. Uh, it felt like every movie that I watched was studio noted to death, even Suicide Squad. You know, as, as aggro and cool as it tried to be, like it felt like everything that happened in it was, you know, uh, something that a junior exec requested to me. It's like calculated and contrived. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Marvel is fortunate that they have an executive in charge, Kevin Feige, who makes incredible story decisions and has rarely set a foot wrong. But that's not true of most other studio executives, you know? They're not brilliant filmmakers. Uh, And so, yeah, you have these wannabe franchises and these dumb, bad movies that are coming out. And it's... It just sucked, man. I had to see so much. So much. (laughs) And I was like, this is bad, too? Yeah. Well, is there any hope or promise I like the sequel... Or the the Shallows, though. Did you? You know, well, I mean, I think it's the this this summer primed that primed my pump in that way because you know it was such a like minor guilty pleasure that it it mm-hmm. I I actually thought much more of it because I've been seeing such major bad movies that this movie that doesn't try to be anything more than what it is and has this terrific performance from a seagull 
was my one of my favorites of the summer. <laughs> well, yeah, you kind of got ahead of me there because I was going to ask you what you kind of consider to be your favorite movie, your least favorite, and then sort of like your sleeper your sleeper hit of the summer. So I guess the shallows would kind of be the, the shallows there. would be yeah my sleeper hit. Um, uh, favorite movies of the summer. I mean, I liked some of the things that were in smaller release, like A Bigger Splash with Tilda Swinton. Uh, I like this mm. movie, Don't Think Twice, with uh, Michael Biglia and Keegan. Heard a Michael lot about Key. that. I want to see that one. It's really good. Little Man, uh, the Ira Sachs movie. But yeah, as far as big studio stuff, there just wasn't that much. There was The Shallows, and there was just a, like, a lot of bad crap, like Suicide Squad. Although, I. Now, what do you. Did I ever you tell you guys about or... my bad mom's experience? No. No. Oh. What is this? <laughs> so I went to a bad mom's press screening, or what I just thought was going to be like a normal press screening of it. Um, and uh, the publicist is like, it's at the iHeart Theater in the Valley. And I was like, what? Why? Mm. And I go to it. And it turns out that it's like this special screening for like moms. Like oh. moms who were just like, Red D, like they locked their kids in the bathroom and took an Uber over. Um, right, left the in, minivan. At they're in their home. strappy sandals. There are like photo booths where they can get slow motion gifs posing with feather boas. It's like lit for them. Um, wow. And yeah, they're passing out chicken and waffles, which I found an interesting choice considering the demographic. Um, huh. And so we all file into this theater. Like, I mean, after copious drinking, like all these open bars and they are really encouraging all these like hashtag bad moms to get plastered before this movie. And like a hashtag mom turn up. Oh yeah. They are getting turned up. Uh, so we Uh go sit in this theater and then, uh, radio personality, Ellen Kay comes out and she's like, just continuing to encourage the audience to drink more and to woo and to do all these things. And then she brings out the cast Mila Kunis, uh, Catherine Hahn, uh, you know, the others. Uh, and, and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, we have a special surprise for you. And I will never forget Catherine Hahn saying, one, two, three, Flo Rida. And then Flo Rida comes no. out with all of what? these backup dancers in gold booty shorts and starts performing. <laughs> like, right. This you know, is all before the movie has even started. Yeah, this is like well after the movie was supposed to have started. It, I was told it was at 6. And like at this point at 7.30. And Flo Rida is in front of me like with all his dancers gyrating. Um, and he like sings a song and I was like, well, that was great and unexpected. And then he keeps going. He keeps going. He went through all what? of the hits. And then wow. it was like deep cuts deep flow rider cuts no thanks i was really confused we were like an hour is he on the soundtrack no nothing i don't know he was getting a paycheck though because he was touting those hashtag bad moms in between every song um and the moms were loving it you know they were wasted at this point they were slipping off their seats they were so excited (laughs) they were flow rider's worth from flow rider running through the audience getting them hyped up i felt bad because i had this you know sort of near the front seat because I thought I was watching a fucking movie and Flo Rida just kept locking eyes with me because I was the, like A, not a hashtag bad mom and B, like a bad audience member because I just eventually sat down. I'm like, wow. I'm like, you know, we, well, we were, oh, so you, you did not we were like an hour in and I still hadn't heard Wild One so I was like, okay. I'll sit. Right. Okay. Eventually he did yeah. play it. I got back up for that applauded because I thought it was over and there were more songs. No. <laughs> anyway. He doesn't even have that many like, songs in his catalog, does after, he? After Flo Rida's surprise week-long concert at this <laughs> at this event, uh, radio personality Ellen Kay comes back out and she's like, oh, Flo Rida, amazing. Let's talk about Bad Moms. Hold on, sorry. I'm dealing with my bad dog. Um, she's like, let's talk about Bad Moms. What's the naughtiest thing a mom can do, Flo Rida? What's, what's the... The worst thing oh. your mom ever did. And then he oh. tells this story about oh, no. his mom beating him. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I like, thought he was going to be like, she left me at the bus stop. Well, I think him talking yeah. about the broom handle was worse. Oh. Um, yeah, telling the story about how his mom would regularly beat him. And then, I mean, like, oh. I really got to praise radio personality Ellen Kay for her cognitive dissonance because her response to that was, Oh, Flo, do you think it's naughty when a mom skips pages when she's reading a children's book? Okay. Just really the perfect response, I think. Yes, wow, so he gave, the, he gave the full-on, like, Penny from Good Times abuse story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Scar? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> not knowing the moment. <laughs> right. It's a tramp. Uh <laughs> And then, and then Ellen Kay was like, all right, it's that time you've been waiting for. We open the bars back up. Go get drunk. Right. I mean, yeah. So this movie started like a month after it was supposed to. Everyone was like vomiting, (laughs) wasted, screaming at the screen. So while Bad Moms was not really like my favorite movie of the summer, that was definitely my favorite movie going experience was being held hostage by Flo Rida. I mean, you don't, you don't expect to see, uh, uh, like a mid-level Mila Kunis comedy and then get Chicken and Waffles, Catherine Hahn and Flo Rida. You just don't. What a, what a marketing extravaganza. It really was. It was a real extravaganza. Well, that movie made like $80 million. It did pretty well. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. Probably all. You know, attributable to Flo Rida. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He deserves some royalties. Got a big back-end deal. So. <laughs> I mean, some of those dancers did. So I guess we can expect a Bad Moms 2 coming to theaters next summer. I Maybe guess that also yeah. sure. like, uh, Because it was, wasn't that some our studio, too? STX. It was their, it's their only hit they've had so far. Yeah. So oh. there's probably going to be two hmm. or three more. They put out that uh, Matthew McConaughey slave drama that bombed. Uh, Thankfully, okay. <laughs> thank. Talk about movies we don't need. He's like, you know what's trending? Slave movies, and I'm going to yeah, star Matthew you know, McConaughey. Um, what I should do, Jacob. You finally saw Ghostbusters. I oh, yeah. finally saw too Ghostbusters too late. last weekend. What do you think? Well, uh, well, it, yeah, the movie itself was a little too little, too late for me. So well, you feel about I, the I'm fine with JoJo's too little, too late. Well, that's basically how I felt about it. Mm. I mean, I, overall, I gave it a big B minus. I really, I was kind of, I was really disappointed. I feel yeah. like that minus is unnecessary. Oh, you uh, think it it's is just a B? necessary? I think it's a solid B. I thought it was fine. It's just like I thought everything this year has been fine. Oh well, you're I'm sorry, being generous. but honestly, I feel like they had such potential going in with the amazing cast they had, and they just didn't have any chemistry. Yeah, these are some of the funniest people on earth. None of the, none of the scenes really clicked. I don't think it was necessarily important to reestablish the whole like Ghostbusters assembling thing. Like we all know who the hell the Go- Ghostbusters are. We don't need 30 minutes of them getting the band back together because, I mean, if, it's the Ghostbusters for God's sakes. Let's start yeah. going to go bust ghosts, please. There was that didn't happen. There was so much fan service too. You know, like if the movie would stop dead in its tracks to be like, remember this from the first movie. <laughs> remember that. From the first movie. Right. And just so exactly. many of the like and, actual scenes that needed to be like written and conceived and have suspense just had this sort of improvisatory we'll find it on the day quality and they didn't yeah, I always like find it, it. I don't yeah, a lot of it just didn't land at all. And I, I maybe it was me, but I feel like a lot of there were a lot of sort of like reshoots happening there, especially with yeah. Kate McKinnon's character too, because sometimes it just felt so misplaced and weird. And also like she had a lot of like root differential changes in her hair like one day she'd be okay. like completely t- completely touched you knew like when the reshoots were happening because it was like either like completely blonde or like you had some like dark blonde root things happening suicide squad you know. had that problem too yeah and oh, you know i love you yeah. know i love me a reshoots wig you gotta have a reshoot you have to have a good reshoots lace front wig uh-huh. you know what i mean uh unfortunately in ghostbusters they didn't take that advice but uh, yeah, I just found it kind of boring, and and I feel like they didn't really know w- what audience they really wanted to cater to. I was hoping that this was going to be bridesmaids with like a super paranormal element included in it, and that's not what I got. I love I got, Spy. Like, some sort of like I love I yeah, love Spy, well, Paul Feig's last you know movie, what? where I was like, that's, okay, that's... he can marry his comic sensibility to like. An action structure. This is what you need for right. Ghostbusters. But it, I did. But that's exactly. Right. Yeah. But that's exactly what it was missing. You know what it was missing? Rose Byrne. That's who it was yeah. missing. It was Rose Byrne is a villain. It was missing uh-huh. an R rating. I know. Rose Byrne should have been the bad guy. Rose Byrne should have been the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's what they needed in that film. Yeah. Actually, that's cast true. Rose Byrne in all of the roles. I would have seen her as all of yeah. these characters. Well, Rose Byrne is always great. He's never working. Rose Byrne is the nutty professor as <laughs> Ghostbusters. Tell me that wouldn't be amazing. <laughs> that would be incredible. Well, maybe uh, I'm the yeah. only one, but I don't think the original Ghostbusters were that great. I, I love thought, I mean, as I you lined them up spot. with those. I think that they're all equally fine, and I think the only well, problem with this was new like one the- is that they spent too much money on it, and that if it came in at mm-hmm. a lower budget, it wouldn't be this big stinking failure, and if people hadn't dragged it on the internet, it wouldn't be dead. 
Well, they need to kind of focus more on the story too. I mean, it just didn't really have any sort of. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it just yeah. didn't work. Did Everything's fine. Everything's good. David Zoloft Clark over here. <laughs> so wait a well, minute. Do we think there's going to be a sequel? No, is there any make chance of money. a sequel? So they're going to make yeah. enough money. Well, and you I'm can't release it I... in China because China doesn't release films with supernatural elements. They're afraid of ghosts. Afraid or of black ghosts. people. Or black people. Well, maybe so. Leslie Jones, Jones is afraid of Leslie Jones. Dead center in all those posters. So I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Although I did, I did, as I alerted you, David, I did buy my uh, Patty action figure this weekend to um, add to my collection of notable African-American action figures. What else do you have? Collection. Uh, I have the Carrie Washington Broomhilda action figure from Django Unchained. I also have a Django action figure. Uh-huh. And I think that's all I have right now. And now I have the Patty. The Patty. The Patty. What was it? Patty Nolan? Yeah. Was it Patty Nolan? Something uh-huh. I think it was Patty Nolan. Anyway. Kiki, I have the Kiki Leslie Palmer Jones action from figure. Secret from Life of Beasts. <laughs> oh, I wish. It only. She has articulated no, arms. You know what to great. get me for my birthday. Tifa from Bring Down the House. <laughs> <laughs> that one's hard to get. I know it's yeah. they did a limited mm-hmm. run. You know, they didn't limited. know how how big the demand would be. Jacob, what was your That'd favorite be. movie this summer? Um, you know what? I feel like my favorite comedy. Uh, can you consider this a comedy? I liked Wiener. Oh yeah! Oh, oh I laughed Wiener so much. Was, it was suspenseful oh and it crazy was, and horrible and hilarious. A crazy hot mess. That's a good one. Just like, is that going to be free on Netflix in like five minutes? Probably. Mm, oh, I think probably. it's going to be on HBO soon too. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't want to pay for yeah, it. Probably, but I do want to see it probably yeah. twice. You should definitely, definitely see it. Uh, so yeah, that was that was definitely my favorite one, Wiener. What about you? Um, of all the big movies that came out this year, I would say X Men was my favorite. Really? Yeah. Oh, everybody no, hated no, that no. one. I just especially compared to Civil all the War. other superhero movies. I mean, yeah, it, it was campy. About... It was definitely campy. Olivia Munn swimming <laughs> through Auschwitz in yeah. her swimsuit. Right. Sorry, Yoshi had Yoshi. Did, that, Yoshi no. did not like it. <laughs> Yoshi also <laughs> hated X Men. <laughs> Strong feelings oh, yeah, about Olivia Munn. He really Mann. hated it. Uh, Yoshi, what did, me... what did you think of Oscar Isaac in that movie? <laughs> Nope. Where was it? No comment. No comment. No. Totally silent. He's going to pretend Oscar Isaac wasn't in just like Oscar Isaac. So here's another question. Like, what do you think the the superhero genre is the well dry? Like, what can we expect for Captain Marvel and the Black Panther? I mean, I think that all the I'm excited for every Marvel movie. I really am. Every Marvel movie. They've got good shit coming out, especially, I mean, Doctor Strange, I'm ambivalent. But after that, like... Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yes, I want it. Um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, I didn't think I wanted it, but I kind of want it now. Uh, okay, with so Zendaya we also should Jane. talk about that, but yeah. the whole yeah, how do, how do Zendaya, Zendaya, Mary Jane casting. I've known it for months, but it's supposed to be a surprise in the movie, not something that you learn until the end. Um, but yeah, it, the surprise got revealed online, and now everybody knows. And I think it was okay. maybe a little naive to treat that as a surprise, because like... People were going to find out, and when they find out, they're going to want to talk about it. There's no sure. way that people wouldn't learn the surprise, like, as soon as the movie screened for the first time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's you know, when you do something like that, like when they had Benedict Cumberbatch in Star Trek playing Khan, but they didn't tell people. It's like, well, then how are we supposed to discuss this, and what's the point? Like, are you really gaining something from, you know, uh, from this subterfuge? Kind of hiding it from audiences. No, it just makes and- it more annoying. Mm-hmm. And, and trickier to discuss. So hmm. I, I, I think, um, I don't know if that's the, if that was the right play, but uh, I still really love that cast and I'm curious. Um, hmm. And then beyond that, like Ryan Coogler doing Black Panther. There with we go. All of those people, Chadwick Boseman, Lupita, uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, Denai Guerrera, like, come on. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And Captain Marvel. I don't know. I'm curious. I don't know who will direct it, but I love Brie Larson. So Captain Marvel seems dumb. And Brie Larson seems overrated. Controverse. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> but Black Panther I'm excited about, and it's another reason I feel like maybe we don't need Nate Parker. We shall <laughs> see. You know what? We shall see. She stands alone. That's fine. Uh, any hope for Wonder Woman, though? That's the big question. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, there was a recent rumor that Wonder Woman was a mass, some angry Warner Brothers staff. That open about. letter was something yeah, else. Yeah, scathing. Mm. Um... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. 
Uh, I liked the trailer, but I liked the Suicide Squad trailer, too, and that turned out bad. You have to think right. that the same people who are in charge of all of these movies are not necessarily going to wake up and s- suddenly start making great choices. Uh, right. Well, Gal Gadot is definitely the best part of Batman versus Superman. She is. is. And Wonder Woman We've never seen her extensively deliver lines. Um, I don't need her really to de- deliver lines. I need her to use those bulletproof lines. cuffs. I need yeah. her to... Work that lasso. She is hair choreography. She's a total physical success in that role. Yeah. I'm just curious about her ability to sort of like, you know, uh, do dialogue and and bring that with character Chris to life with anybody, with Robin Wright, with whoever. But, but yeah, Robin Wright as an Amazon, I'm definitely there for that. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, killing Nazis on a horse. Yes. Will Zack Snyder have anything to do with this one? He co-wrote it and produced it. Oh my god, it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> we already have our Uh-oh. answer. Uh-oh. Yeah, so that's a shame. And I, I think that you can sort of see his aesthetic stamped on it. Uh, you know, the director was Patty Jenkins, but it has that sort of desaturated, hyper slow mo uh, effect Look that he's yeah. much more fond of. I just want color. Yeah. Like Marvel movies are not afraid of color, and the DC movies, like I don't know, it's like they're like colors gay. Our superheroes right, yeah. are like. Gritty and serious. And I don't right. think that's why, like, you know, you watch Batman versus Superman, you wouldn't take your kids to that. I mean, you wouldn't even take your friends to that. It's so, like, <laughs> it's so grim. Why would you want to see yeah. it? Like, right. make something grim worth seeing. Color, colorful, fun, shit like that. That's that's good. These are mm-hmm. elements of a good movie. Uh, I think let's they're... Just get Linda, let's just get Linda Carter back into sure. the role. Let's just do, like, a Wonder Wonder... An older Wonder Woman, a more uh, mature Wonder Woman. Or what's her what's her name? Um, Adrian Palicki, who did that horrible David Kelly Wonder Woman. Oh my God! Did you ever watch that? Costumes. It's online. It's amazing. No. Oh, Mauricio really? showed it to me once. It's just mortifying. It's so okay. good. So good. <laughs> so bad that it's good. I mean, I, I if I remember correctly, the last scene of mm-hmm. the show is Wonder Woman. Uh, Eating ice cream on her couch, feeling lonely, and adding her cat as her Facebook friend. <laughs> oh, no. oh, just a real strong heroine. Sure, okay. I have to make sure to check that out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is it YouTubeable? I don't know. You can find it somewhere. Sure, we got to get Mauricio. Do some sleuthing. Yes, Mauricio yeah. definitely has we'll it. Call Mauricio. I would rewatch that any day. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Kyle, your favorite movie? Did we ask you about that already, or did we talk about that? Uh, we well, the Shallows was like a good sleeper, okay, and so I, I named Shallows. some of those indie movies, and I liked uh, Captain like, America, which started the summer. Next uh, uh, <laughs> says Mr. X Men Apocalypse over here. Well, compared <laughs> X Men, especially directly compared to Captain America, is much more like it's all those Captain much America more movies. Awful. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> it's a much more enjoyable experience. It's a much more interesting property. All of those Captain America movies. Are dumb, I think. Not because they are poorly made, but because Captain America is dumb, which is why it's so baffling to me that you know X Men always struggles. They mm-hmm. they are not always the most well executed movies, <laughs> but they are like everyone is visibly bored in X Men Apocalypse. They don't want to be there, but those are much more interesting characters. Mm. Not not in the way that they're portrayed in that film. I don't think. Give me a Paul Rudd. Give me a Black Panther. Give me Black a, Panther was great. Black Panther. Give me Paul Bettany in red makeup wearing a cravat. Yes. Yes. I, I can definitely. Pass on Paul Bettany. I can pass on the Olsen girl. <laughs> I can pass on um, Chris Evans' weird wig. Yeah. And his butt pads. Oh, his those are pads. always really weird. Oh, that's sad. The wig is interesting. Yeah, his whole hairline is blurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, we should do an all wig episode. Every episode is an all-wig episode. <laughs> Every episode is a wig episode. We've episode got litigation here. lace fronts, no. business ponytails, mm-hmm. clip-on. Episode hands. three was very in-depth with a litigation lace front. Should we talk about Frank? Yeah, let's talk about Frank Ocean. Maybe we can all agree on that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Frank. Let me Frank. hear your guys' thoughts on Frank first. I'll let you go ahead and start, David. Okay. Well, after... A long wait and a couple of misfires. Finally, we had his visual album released on Thursday, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, Endless, which I listened to, which I was underwhelmed by. I thought it was interesting. It was not visually compelling. It did not really work for me as, as a visual album. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's not very compelling to, to watch. I sort of listened to it in the background and it was a little snoozy for me. 
you know. Well, like, I don't think the visuals were necessarily the point of the visual album. Right. Well, then, so why do that? It's, the outfits were good, but him sort of tinkering around in his workshop, sort of alluding to the fact that something else is coming. Sure. Right. Um, and well, then all well, this of the is tracks kind of blend together for me. Was this just basically a sort of like hash together effort to put use to a previously scrapped album? That's what I was thinking. I don't know. He said even last year that he's got two versions, which he repeats in uh, Nike's. Yeah. And I think that he'd always sort of planned for it to be some sort of vague double album. Um, but I don't think I don't think that's what the two versions thing alludes to because I guess that there have been a few pop up shops that have come up in like yeah. New York, Chicago, L.A. where you can actually buy the Boys Don't Cry magazine and it has the blonde album in it. And I guess the track listing is different. It is, but only album it, versus the but Apple but only because it has fewer of the interludes. It, it doesn't have different songs on it. Hmm. But so blonde. So, uh, came out yesterday, and I and then Blonde came out. What do you guys? But think? before Blonde, not, well, well, before Blonde came out, Nikes came out, right? Yes. The, the music. Well, the video came the out in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, no, I saw it in the morning, but I think it came out the night before. Okay. There's just like a whirlwind of Frank Ocean, it's and that is Frank. my first yeah. critique. There's too much. It's too, too much. No too much. Too Ocean? much. No such thing. There's we haven't had any in so long. I don't need the onslaught of like artistic projectiles. I need I need them to take. I just need to. I need to like. I'm trying. I'm still trying to process it all. There's just too much happening here. It's good. Uh, we've been in a Frank Ocean drought. Literally, the only thing he did last year was crash my Christmas party. That's right. Well, <laughs> he didn't I mean, headline a- FYF. He didn't. You know. Put out the but album. But he did make it to the Christmas party. He, we talked about Star Wars. I was very drunk. And what were what were his thoughts? He hadn't seen the new one yet. <laughs> was he excited to? Yeah, sure, totally. Hmm. And we talked for an, uh, a long length of time, but I don't remember the back half because I was okay. uh, just too too intoxicated, unfortunately. But he was very uh, polite, handsome, great smile, and uh, hmm. attentive listener. It stayed a long time. There you go. So Kyle's a big fan. <laughs> Kyle's a huge fan. I I'm am. a fan I'm too, a but major I just feel fan. like Channel the- Orange was extremely important to me. And oh, I, I, I love Blonde. I really do. I, I yeah, uh, I scrapped with uh, two people last night who were like, it's too uh, snoozy, you know. Mm. But I mean, like, are you, are you really expecting like pop bangers from Frank Ocean? No, right? I mean, you know, this is isn't like tempo. Yeah, mid tempo baby making. Thinking about stuff. you is like his, of- you know, most famous song, and I think there's songs on this album that approach that tempo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to have a lost uh, or something, but that's not what I go to Frank for. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the album is genuinely beautiful. I mean, by mm-hmm. like track three or four, I was just in heaven. I really was. It sounds amazing. He sounds great. It's actually a little more straightforward than I thought it would be. I guess he got his like artsy yayas out with Endless because this, you know, I was expecting something real avant-garde, but it's just like, a ton of great, beautiful songs. Well, those artsy yaya still existed in that that Nike video because yeah. that thing was chock a block full of visuals. <laughs> it was basically like a Tumblr ratatouille strudel casserole. Yeah. Like well, there was a lot of visuals up in there. I think Nike's is the weirdest song on uh, Blonde. You know, so it's funny mm-hmm. that that's the first song and that and his first salvo. But he's very like that. I mean. The fact that he put Pyramids out as the first single for Channel Orange, it's like, that's so not yeah. representative of the rest of the album, but he just can't resist uh, uh, the opportunity to troll people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's kind of like a common move. I mean, Formation is nothing like the rest of Lemonade. I don't think that she had figured out the rest of Lemonade when she put out Formation. I think she was still working on it. I don't know. I think you always sort of need a buzzy lead single to hook. She was also doing the Super Bowl. Yeah, to um, get some interest. And yeah, you need something if you're going to play the Super Bowl. But for him to put Nikes out yesterday, it's like, I mean, the uh, the the move would have been, I mean, the mainstream move would have been to put out, you know, Orange and White. Like, that's yeah, a beautiful not, song with Beyonce on it. Right. But he's not like a, he's not doing it for radio. Play. Well, that's what, like that's, right, what right. yeah. um, yeah. really like that's what I'm saying. Right. I really like it. I agree with most, uh, with most of what you said, Kyle. And I really I, love the interludes, too. The interludes are good. I love a good interlude. It takes me back to a Janet place. Um, <laughs> I feel like this album, Blonde, is maybe the kind of thing Kanye West would do if he had more focus and talent and discipline. 
uh, I think is very much in that style. My first uh, inclination was to think was, especially after Endless, was I don't have time for another snoozy sort of R&B rap-inflected thing. Art um, piece. Yeah. Like, I don't need you to take me to MoMA or the Guggenheim, Frank. Please. Right. And I, I, at first I thought, we already have Drake for that, but they, they're very dissimilar. Well, mm-hmm. and you have uh, Drake getting eviscerated by uh, Andre 3000 on the solo reprise. Yes. On the solo reprise, yeah. But do you think he's really talking about Drake? Yes. Absolutely. If it was Nikki, it would be about Iggy, and if it's Andre, then it's about Drake. Is there like a Drake Andre beef that's been going on? No, for but a like I mean, everyone that? learned over the last year, if they didn't know already, that he wasn't writing a whole lot of his own bars. You know, so, mm. I'm just assuming. I mean, who else would he be coming for? Kevin Federline, Popo's out. People are surprised to hear Andre 3000 coming for anybody. Yeah, that's a good song though. Yeah. Oh, they're all very solid. Well, at least we could agree about music if we can't agree about movies. Yeah, that's true. Kyle, did you also have a chance to listen to the new Britney album? Uh, no, oh. I know that it leaked. I heard that it's uh, actually good. It's actually pretty decent. Uh-huh. Do you think she's I listening mean, to it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she knows she did a new album? She'll be excited when those new songs are introduced into her Vegas show. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what's that's this? That's right. Yeah. Well, that is one thing about the, the songs. They will definitely... Uh, drive ticket sales for and uh, if they're going to be including them in in this in the Vegas There's review some, like true blue pussycat dolls numbers in there that I think will work very well into her um her Vegas show but this is yeah. not a, a blunder that we would see out of Parkwood this whole Mexican leak thing did you have something to do with that Jacob oh no not me but yeah I I, I bought my cop mine at the Mexican Walmart <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that, you know, finally she's kind of pivoted from the disaster that was Brittany Jean, and she has, you know, dropped Will I Am off on the side of the road and left that dingy European discotheque. There's, you know, she's not like EDMing it all the, all the way through this album. So I think that's a step in the right direction for her. Like, when's the last time Brittany has been to the club anyway? You know what I mean? I mean, when's the last time Britney has been to the recording studio anyway? Well, Britney is basically right. some like some like the Al Pacino movie Simone. Like she is at this <laughs> point just like a figurehead personality that, you know, when you're saying like she dropped Will I Am off at the curb, she's like never met Will I Am, I right. don't think. That's true. You well, know, it's funny because in during that whole Britney Jean era, uh, she was being she would hand Will I Am the keys. And Ryan's like, so tell me how this album came together. And William was like, well, I went up to her house in Calabasas. And she's like, no, Westlake. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, Westlake. And then we had we had lunch. And like we were like, there's no way Will I am had lunch with like her managers. There's no way yeah. Will I am had lunch with Brittany. No, no, no. Yeah. Not at all. I used a computer. Yeah, all of her, all of <laughs> she's her not allowed to use a computer. That's why when people, even when they talk about her social media presence, it's like, this woman's not allowed to have the internet. Like her, her parents and uh, you know her team keeps her under lock and key, just as a you know wind up performer. She's not allowed mm-hmm. to like use the computer or go online or anything. So it's crazy to me that people really attribute things to her that we ought to know she's not capable of doing. People are just like really fine with that. Like way to go, Britney, for recording this album. And it's like Britney didn't have any say in this album whatsoever. You know, like. She might not be aware that it exists, and uh, and it's weird that everybody, that all of her fans are just really chill with her being this really, like, kept, brainwashed um, toy for her Yeah, team. but with that said, like, how many pop stars really have all that much complete artistic control over the albums they're putting out? It's mostly the A&R people well, that are saying, that, and then this is a hot track. She's very should... different case. Okay, right. Yeah. But I think... later, is she ever going to get her life back? No, well, I mean, listen, but everyone seems pretty chill. I think it's slowly chill. but surely kind of happening. I mean, she's going to be under the conservatorship forever. But, but I think why? She got more yeah. No one should person. be under a conservatorship forever if they're working for a living. Right. True. But I Is feel like so she's kind of gotten more like personality responsible. I mean, maybe. They've just, well, you know, it's the maybe, Simone. They've evolved the Simone. Well, she will be performing at this year's VMAs. Maybe there'll be another glimmer of old Britney. That will come back to the stage. And she's also doing carpool karaoke. 
you have to have your wits about you to do carpool karaoke, don't you? Every time she starts to sing, is she just going to start coughing? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who was the other are person? They gonna, that was... Are they going to get her voice double to like crowd yeah. back? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think James will just probably sing most of the He's going to do all the singing. It. It'll be just like Mariah Carey's turn on carpool karaoke where she doesn't sing anything. Or Jennifer Lopez, she just where she's fans herself. It'll be like the first time she was allowed in the front seat of a car in ten years. Yeah, right. Hopefully, she doesn't grab the wheel. Let's <laughs> <laughs> make a break for it. She steers it right into the river. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Brittany. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Will you? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, all right, you guys. Is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to? Um. I don't know. I feel like we've gotten through pretty much everything here. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, well, we're talking about movies, but we're going to talk anything about fall TV. I mean, we we have Kyle Buchanan here talking to us, so let's Did just... Did you do the uh, uh, TCA? No. no. Uh-uh. I've heard that's a nightmare, it... though. Oh, uh, really? I mean, I, most network What are you looking forward to? Uh, most network television is not great. Honestly, what I'm looking forward to at this point is catching up. Like, I've still only seen mm-hmm. one episode of The Get Down. I've not gotten mm-hmm. to the episode where Jaden Smith has this weird, maybe I kissed a guy, maybe I didn't scene. Oh. Um, yeah. Are that you could be a Jaden Smith single. <laughs> that could be like a weirdly capitalized Jaden Smith tweet. <laughs> are you? What are you watching right now? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there just seems like, the, again, there's just so much there's television. Much. There's too much there's every too, week. How are people doing like, it? It's like Ann Romney. It's just too much. Did you ever see that? The Mitt documentary. That's like she says that every other, every other, <laughs> like too much, it's too much. Yeah, it is too much. Um, maybe when we we all catch up with TV, we can have you back and we can talk exclusively about fall TV, and then I can finally choose my favorite breakout fall TV show, which will then subsequently be canceled as exactly. I do every year. Yeah, you really have the kiss of death. Right. I'm only yeah. coming back if it's about wigs. Okay, well, we well, can incorporate that into the mix. We could talk all about that new Laverne Cox, Kristen Heigl show. Talking about wigs, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. So all let's right. put it let's let's put it down in the calendar. All right, Kyle, Kyle, David, thanks so much David. for being with us. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. We all got to be morning. dummies for a little while. Yay! You've been listening to This Dummy with David Clark and Jacob Jeffries. A big thank you to our guest this week, Kyle Buchanan. You can find him on Twitter, at Kyle Buchanan, and you can read his work at Vulture.com. As always, you can find This Dummy on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, and Twitter at This Dummy Tweets. So like, follow, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. (laughs)